2: Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting here with me is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, great to be here. It's uh,
0: been a little bit since we've done a Bulldog Hour show, Um, but it's it's great to be here, and
2: uh, oh, what a topic tonight, right? Yeah, we've got quite the topic here. We're about two months removed from our latest show. Uh, which happened at the end of February. Yeah, end of February, we were here with Spotlight on Burke Sports and Jim Berkman, and we talked uh, a little bit of uh, Wilson football, but a lot about other uh, scholastic sports around the county. So, again, we thank Jim for joining us that day. And we are not alone for this show. The off-season shows are a lot of fun. They're a little bit more laid back, although the topic for tonight, like Justin talked about, I don't know, it could get um, – it, it's up for a lively debate, as we've already been hearing on socials. And to me, specifically – it to my face and through text, I've, I've been hearing a lot of people say, I'm really excited for that show, but it's a tough task to cover. So Justin and I couldn't do this alone, so we brought in uh, two ringers here for us. Uh, one, a returning guy, you're, you're familiar, because this topic, actually, this top five started with Paul and I last summer. So Paul Roberts is back. Burke Sports Report. Paul, thanks for joining us.
1: Sure. Thanks for having me.
2: We, uh, Paul and I did quarterbacks last, I think it was June.
1: Which I, honestly, I had a lot more difficult time with this list yes. than that one. The, the top quarterbacks, I thought, were pretty cut and dry for the most part. This was h- harder for me to put together.
2: Yeah, we said at the time, man, if we expand this and do more, It could get dicey because everyone's going to want you to do running backs next, and that list is going to be tough. Well, here we are, ready to discuss it, but we can't do it, just the three of us. So we brought in another individual, someone that Wilson fans should be familiar with, both as a player in the 90s and a current defensive backs coach, Jamie Sands.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. Should be an interesting dialogue tonight.
2: Yes, and you have a great perspective for us because you're one of the guys up for debate tonight. I think we're going to hear your name a little bit.
3: <laughs> well, let's just say any running back that's you know started at Wilson over the years, you have to be a pretty special athlete to even be a starter, so you know, there's a lot of people that could be talked about tonight for sure.
2: Yeah. And th- this is the cream of the crop discussion, but I do want to put a few things out there before anyone gets upset and angry as people are <laughs> want to do on the internet. We're not doing this to diminish anyone's accomplishments. This is all for fun. Uh, the four of us are certainly going to have fun. I hope everyone watching out there or listening after the fact are enjoying this. And if, uh, you're, you yourself or a friend or family member is not mentioned in this debate. I'm sorry that they didn't come up, but trust me, everyone that has played at Wilson um, is important. And we can only talk about so many people. I mean, I put, I think, 12 or 13 on the visual and the number of people that I left off that I had on my list, I just only had so much space. So we're not going to talk any negatives tonight. We're not going to get into, oh, well, if this person didn't get injured or like this is not a negative thing, the Bulldog Hour is always a positive thing. We're going to talk about the incredible accomplishments of these athletes and the people that helped them get there um, from the coaching staff and to, yes, in this topic, the offensive lines, because that was the other thing that people brought up. I can't talk about the running backs with the (laughs) the offensive line. Uh, We're aware of that. Um, As a former offensive lineman, I'm very aware of that but it's very tough to single out offensive linemen just because the research involved with that would be incredible. It would take a, a tough task. Thankfully um, the Wilson program through years with Rich Romick and uh, now coach Doms has done a subs- an amazing job accumulating uh, these stats and keeping them available for people like us to use when we get into discussion and then Thankfully, there are a lot of game film out there now that you can look back on the past. I've been posting some of those over the last few years. But again, this is all for fun. We're looking forward to it. We've been working on it for about six weeks to come up with these lists. I said, as soon as I asked Paul to come on and told him this was the topic, I think he had a huge exhale and just like, this is going to be a task. Do you have the Wilson Stats book? (laughs) so that's uh, funny
0: because that's immediately what i said to you i was it, like i'm it, gonna it, need to look at the stats book yeah
2: but. so um i'll quickly run through our sponsors The thank you to uh may samshaw and bill mays my uh my dad uh to mike drago and mike drago sports Al Wicks at cns supply and our individual and family sponsors the hop family Andy Herm, Marty Palm, and our three anonymous donors. Uh, there's multiple ways you can support us. Uh, you've heard the deal by now. Check us out at BulldogHour.com or uh, you can hit me up and, and we can get that taken care of for you. Uh, last announcement thing here is our next live show will be at the end of June, uh, Sunday the 26th. Uh, we don't need to go over the schedule tonight because there's a lot more for us to talk about, so... I don't want to hold up any more, but would anyone like to have an opening discussion or should we dive right into Paul's list? Because we're going to throw Paul to the fire right away.
1: Do we want to talk about the Spring Township Reds Little League team that Jamie and I played on that my dad coached (laughs) that was a juggernaut (laughs) way back when? Are
2: there any (laughs) any other big names on that team? Stevie
1: Dallas was on that team. Um, Brian Stahl was on that team. Um, Luke Riffle? Yeah, I mean that. That's good. now we're. I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, you we know, don't. I just wanted a quick shout out Scotty there, Rorbaugh. Spring Township that's Reds, it, Scotty yeah, Rorbaugh. Scotty Rohrbach. to yeah. tie into this, and Pete I brought Klump. this up before the show.
0: Like, I've lived here over two decades, and I'm by far the newest to Berks County slash Wilson in this discussion. You're an like, o- you're I,
2: an outsider, right? You know, like
0: I'm like. I, on the way over, the thought that came to mind, I was like, "This is there's nothing more like Wilson tradition or Berks County than like 22 years, not even close to the newest one, or the not being the newest one on this uh, on this panel tonight."
2: Uh, I think the only thing I'll, I'll say is Paul, Justin, and I were on the same page. We we were not out of left field. No one had picks on here that no one thought of. We were all pretty consistent when it came to our top fives. They are all different. There is a lot of overlap. However, uh, I mentioned this one, I created it and posted it. The, the running backs on the image. Um, if you're looking at your screen or watching this left to right goes from Mike Ritz, uh, Vito Ninfo, Brian McCarty, Jeff Nadrowski, Jamie Sands, Alex Austin, Pete Gilmore, uh, Chaz Logan, Jake Stopper, Rodney Gillen, Shane Dantzler, Iggy Reynoso, and most recently, Jaden Jones. So those are the ones that I was able to pull out and put on this image. Um, there was, like I said, I double that. That came into um, consideration for all of us uh, sitting here tonight. Oh, and the one last thing I want to mention, because you guys brought this up walking in. Not about the show, just talking about it, because so many people have been discussing this to me fullbacks are a separate category so you're not going to hear me mention i think any of us knowing the list leroy shan uh you know there's been to me he was always a fullback by heart and i you can eviscerate me in the comments if you want if the you <laughs> know single back was he the single you know just a single back was he not you know we can get into uh discussions of, of football um Another time. I'm talking specifically the guy lined up in the I formation, the second guy, not the lead blocker. <laughs> We're not talking about lead blockers, who I know like to get the, those dives in those traps, and they've done great things. And Leroy is obviously the one that comes first to mind. But I know there was already another name thrown out uh, when you guys got here this evening. Um, Brent, I think it was
3: Brent Grace. I, I, Walbert was given a lot of love, too. Mm-hmm. So.
2: Um, those guys didn't come up in discussion because I wasn't considering fullbacks. I was specifically talking the running backs. So again, we'll put that out there before anyone says we need to comment on so and um, so. Might have been the single the fullback. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna just put that out there to to begin with. But anything else before we want to dive in here? So then I'm gonna put up Paul um, real quickly. Um, if you just want to touch on maybe the way you dove into this and how you formulated your list, like what was important to you or if there are guys off the top that you immediately like, well, they have to be on there. Uh, I just want to put up some of the uh, stats for the people
1: to see uh, as we go. Yeah. And as Joe mentioned right at the top, all these players are great. So I think the word great in general, in our society is overused vastly here. It's appropriate. So if someone's honorable mention, Still a great football player. Okay. If someone's number five as opposed to you think they should be number one or two, they're all still great football players. So, like Joe was mentioning, we're not discrediting anyone. Sometimes these lists go that way. Doing talk radio for over 20 years, I can tell you that's usually how it goes. You know, people will argue, well, this guy should have been one. It doesn't mean that we're diminishing their accomplishments. I mean all these players are superstars. These are, you know, Hall of Fame players, uh, legends, not just at Wilson but in the in the county. Um, but I started with Mike Ritz for the the simple reason that when I kind of look at the foundation of Wilson football, and for the the younger kids and the high school players who are hopefully watching now, believe it or not, there were some lean years. I know it, you know, it doesn't happen uh, nowadays. But in 1962 and 63, they won one game each of those seasons. John Gursky arrives from Cold Township, God's Country, up north in '64, and then everything started to change. And Mike Ritz, I think, was just the perfect running back for what John Gursky wanted to do. I mean, yeah, John Gursky is this massive man who wanted to play power football. And, you know, we've all heard the stories about their practices that went well into the evening and just running the same things over and over and over. But they wanted to dominate at the line of scrimmage. Well, how about having a 210-pound running back to incorporate into that type of rock'em, sock'em, robot philosophy. And that was Mike Ritz. I mean, even nowadays, how many 210-pound running backs do we see in high school football? As as kids have gotten huge, and we see linemen now that are 280, 300 pounds, you still don't see men. there are some, you don't see many 210-pound running backs. Now let's go back 55 years.
2: Almost non-existent.
1: So... If you guys remember when the Reading Phillies had their series of games out at this stadium, um, the Gridiron Classic, I I did a radio show where I brought in a lot of old um, coaches who played there. Coach Doms was one, but I probably had 10 guests on this one show for an hour or two. It It was great. It was a lot of fun. But we talked about playing there and some of those old teams and these guys who went up against Mike Ritz they said it was like tackling an offensive lineman and you no know, in those days he was bigger than most of the offensive linemen so just how rare his physical attributes were for that time and day that was one thing that i think separated mike ritz which i i put him at at number 1 his stats aren't quite the same as some of the others but it was you know, it was kind of how this program got built.
3: Just to piggyback that in 19, he actually had the record for average, highest average yards per carry. Oh, it's funny until, you mentioned
2: that. I literally have that up until
3: '95, right? Uh,
2: I have uh, his.
3: I have the season
2: yards per carry up there right now, and Mike Ritz is there tied for tenth. Yeah, that at seven point two. But yeah, hold on. Let me pull up the uh, career yards per carry um that was my second one i'm pulling back up here we are um mike ritz is down to seventh on that as well but it took a long time to knock him off because all the guys listed on there um i believe the oldest guy listed in front of mike ritz is jamie sands <laughs> so uh
3: well the only reason i find it interesting <laughs> is my father graduated from wilson high school in 68 so okay, he yeah, went to school right, with was mike
2: the same yep right there um yeah, yards per carry career, you have uh, Gillen and Sands tied at the top, Austin, Gilmore, Reynoso, Danceler, and then you get to Ritz and, and Jaden Jones is tied with him at seventh. Right, but you look at that
0: list and you have a couple guys, I think, from those early 90s ish teams, but then everyone else is, or not everyone, but a lot of those guys are in the last 20, 25 years, you know, whereas you, you have to add another. 30 years onto that to get back like just
2: a player that was ahead of his time yeah you know yeah
3: right. and i'm pretty sure they won't run in the spread when ritz <laughs> no. was running at Yeah, all. And, no,
2: they, they <laughs> knew what was coming <laughs> <laughs> right that was one thing that was interesting to me how many modern running backs are up there but it's because they're spreading out the the, the defense is being spread out it allows these athletic backs uh to get in the open field and 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 make make a make a name for themselves but mike ritz and you know those guys in the 60s and 70s uh and and into the early 80s too that that was that was you know three yards in a cloud of dust right exactly it it was grounded pound and they knew it was coming um i I know i hear all people talk about all the time you know it was like 62 dive 62 drive 62 drive yeah yeah um just reminisce because there was what like there's like six plays. Yeah. Right? It's like yeah. the old Tecmo a, football. It always feels he had, like. you yeah. had
1: like four plays in the original Tecmo. <laughs> yeah. It,
2: it, well, it feels like Mike Ritz was a cheat code, you know, before, yeah. before video games became a he thing. He was the Bo Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was, uh, and Gersky's arrival. And then when Ritz came along and Ritz played two years for Wilson, uh, fall of 66 and 67, I believe. And 67 was the first 10 and 0 undefeated teams. One of the best teams in Wilson's Wilson history.
1: Um, he was yeah. also the first Big Thirty Three pick. Yes, uh, Wilson, yep. and that, that's something I look because that's that's a special honor. I mean, All All State is certainly outstanding too, but Big Thirty Three that's um, that's pretty rare. And Joe, you were asking like what we looked at yards per carry, which you you mentioned is a big one to me because if you just look at total yards, certain guys may have played three years, two years, maybe just one year. Mm-hmm. So the overall yardage numbers could really vary, but yards per carry is just based on your attempts.
2: And and yards per carry here, I don't know that the stats book has a minimum for that, because obviously the less carries, the more opportunities to have a big one here. But all the guys listed had hundreds of carries. This isn't a guy who just carried it 20 times, and each time he went 10 or 12 yards, You know, these are guys that were – running backs running between the tackles or off tackle and, and they were earning it. Um, you know, the carries thing came up a lot. Um, uh, and, and like with myself talking about it, it was nice to have the per carry averages in that stat book. What rich did. Um, and what yeah. coach Dom's has continued is just spectacular for a stats and history guy like me, uh, having those books every year and, and I'm going through, um, doc Moyers, uh, scrapbooks. And he has, uh, mr romich's uh stats from each season and it's great to see it change and it's i'd like to chronicle it just because there's some guys that have been knocked off the current book that you, i can add back in so it's really cool to see uh all that history but you brought up number of games played and that could be because you're you know maybe you only you got on the scene as a junior or a senior well mike ritzel moved you know he was able to play two years imagine what if he would have had an extra year um as a sophomore um You know, we have a guy like Gilmore who was on the varsity for for four years. But that's why I think the per carry, those type of averages are very important. But what was awesome to see is it was the same guys, whether the career total yardage or the per carry. It was almost the entire group. You know, there was this group of about 12 to 15 guys, 15 to 20 guys uh, that just their names kept popping up for for everything. I, I almost and I texted Justin about this as I was like, I, why why am I anxious and nervous about this discussion? Why is it such a big thing? But I texted him I'm like, man, I really think some people are going to have a tough time with, with this. And do you think we should do pre-playoff era and post-playoff era? Because those are extra games that, like, that people got to play.
0: I'm like, nope, let's just rip this Band-Aid off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, but I
2: think like being able to use the per-carry information was really important. Right. And so, I,
0: I kind of viewed that also as like, yes, you're getting – you do add some other games in there, but at the same time, like you might, you might get one that you you might breeze through in a playoff year. Like, especially some of those years where they're like 16 teams, you know, in playoffs, but like, anymore, like you, you might get one, but after that, you're gonna, like, you're playing some really tough teams. Yeah. So usually the too. yards so, per carry right, comes like, down. Right. If yeah. you have a huge yeah. game in the playoffs, like, okay,
2: we'll give it to you. Yeah. All right, Paul, so you can't see this. So I'll clue you in. I posted your top five completely for everyone to see. You already touched on Mike Ritz, who was your number one. He was a senior in the fall of 1967. So um, why don't we go to your number two? Talk to us about Alex Austin.
1: Yeah, so I have uh, Alex Austin second. And what's interesting about Alex, and we're just focusing on running back, but when he made the big 33 team, it was as a defensive back, uh, technically. He had 15 career interceptions, which in high school football is – like, unreal. I often think that Alex might have been the most physically gifted. I would certainly put Jamie up there as well, in that I, I think, like, you could ask them to do any sport or activity, and they would just be, like, awesome. Just, like, roll out of bed and be really, really good. I When you look at, like, God-given tools, I think of Alex Austin right away. I mean, he he was the total package. I mean, I, I don't know... Like, it's hard to find a weakness there. Um, Obviously, the game against McCaskey. The three thirty one—that's still the Wilson record, correct for a single game. S-
2: single game, I believe so. Justin has the stats. Yeah, there.
1: Um, um,
2: actually, I think I had that on a slide. Now that I think about it. Um, but three thirty one rushing yards in a game. Alex Austin, yeah. three thirty one versus McCaskey in ninety seven. uh Pete Gilmore got close a few years later against Manheim Central.
1: Yeah, and before that, um, Jeff Nydrowski went over three hundred yards oh. against Mifflin, and I'll get to that in, in a little bit, but Alex was just a, you know, he was a pure talent. Um, obviously things didn't work out at the D1 level, but the fact that major D1 teams are looking at you, right, that huge. power conference teams are coming in to look at you, I mean, that tells you all you need to know about uh, Alex Austin. We mentioned yards per carry. He was just shy of eight for his career. Um, so uh, you know, I, I don't know where everybody else has people, but Austin has to be in the top five for everybody.
2: Uh yeah, you said Alex Austin um third in yards per carry for his career at seven point eight, which is incredible. Incredible number. Justin, you have it up right there. How many carries did Alex have? Uh career carries, um, let's see. Four hundred and eighteen. He's not high up on the list. He's actually down at yeah, like eight or eight. nine. He's an eighth. Uh, so uh, yeah absolutely uh, stellar stellar talent uh, in Alex Austin and um let's see if I can pull your top 5 back up so Alex was your number 2 um your number 3 though is Rodney Gillen
1: right so the analytics folks out there will love Rodney Gillen i mean they, they would you know if you're just going on numbers the computer geeks they'll probably put him number 1 because uh, yards per carry, tied for first with the man to my left. And yards, uh, total rushing yards, he's number one. Um, the 2010 season, I mean, we know the type of schedule Wilson plays. It's it's not what I like to call a Fat Albert schedule that has a lot of cupcakes. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> That right there will be the best part of show, by the show. <laughs> but in 2010, Rodney Gillen averaged 10 yards a carry. So you give him the ball and you just got a first down. Uh, I mean, that for a whole season, that's incredible. And we often hear speed kills. Rodney could fly. I mean, he was a burner. Um, and that, I think what what separated him ended up going out to Cal I believe in the PSAC West and was a defensive back um but for and for people who don't follow division 2 football the teams out west get a lot more scholarship money and they tend to get a lot of D1 kids who for whatever reason things happen and then they end up transferring so it's really good football but that's where where Rodney went, but I mean, you're first overall in rushing yards and you're tied for first in yards per carry. Um, you know, I, I put him third, I'm sure others could argue, maybe he should be higher.
2: We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I I don't want to jump on there too much, but, um, Gillen immediately when this conversation comes up, you know, I say everyone formulates, who do you picture? when if you're asked that question you've been following Wilson football for that long you know you mentioned my grits out jumped in my head um Rodney Gillen was right there because i was just thinking back and this was right when i moved back to the area and was getting involved with Wilson football again i just would hear it, you know in in the newspaper on the radio talking to friends and family it was just did you see you know what rodney i mean what justin has the book i don't know if he can pull it up quickly but he rushed for over 100 yards in like Twelve straight games or something ridiculous <laughs> yeah. like that. I'm just just and that, some of the
0: things that are popping out from the guys that you've mentioned already, like Alex Austin in the career or individual game offensive records. He scored twenty four points in a quarter, once like that. That's a record. Um, and you know, you, you just see some of these things, like the most yards gained was three thirty one against McCaskey. Like now yeah, we talk that. It's absolutely absurd seeing some of these guys pop up.
3: I mean, and keep in mind. When these guys are playing, how good they are! Their defensive coordinators for the other teams are designing to stop them, right? And they're still right. putting up these kinds well, of numbers.
0: And you—you you mentioned the career interceptions. He—he he had ten interceptions in a season
2: like, for Alex Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. that's absurd. Yeah, ten in one season. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't even know if Stevie Mitchell ever had twenty-four points in a quarter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: now we're going to get all more kinds of like comments.
1: (laughs) All right, uh, Paul, we're
2: getting close to the end of your top five. So let's go to your number four. And for this guy, I actually have a highlight reel. So I have his recruiting tape. Uh, so we're going to play that while you talk about, tell us about Pete Gilmore.
1: Well, he was uh, a big 33 pick at running back and Anytime I hear Pete's name, I automatically go back to 1999. and that so I graduated Syracuse in '99 and started in radio um, just a month after that. So that was my first year as a professional of, of covering high school football around here. And so people know, you know, I get to games really early to talk to the coaches and things like that. And there, the parking lot was mobbed already hours before the game when they played Mannheim Central, who had Jeff Smoker and was top twenty-five in the in the country by USA Today going into that game. Eighty-eight uh, hundred is what the crowd was estimated at. It it's often referred to as the most ever for a, a, a Wilson game. Who knows if that's you know some of those wilson Reading games when Henny and Bryant were there, those were also huge crowds. But almost 9,000 people were were at that game, and it was one of the best individual performances I've seen in my life in high school football where Pete ran for 303 yards. I think he had 82 carries. I might have missed one or two <laughs> in there against Mannheim Central, but Wilson kind of played power football, and you know, obviously Smoker... Um, had Jeff Smoker and Chad Henny were the two best uh, pocket passers I'd, I've ever seen in high school football. And that's all the district games, state games. Um, you know, things didn't work out for Jeff when he went to college. But if you saw him in high school, he was the real deal. But Wilson uh, ended up winning that game, it was 35 29. But I always think about that game and Pete for what he did. Uh, On that night and that that season, I mean, they won a district championship. Uh, He had over eighteen hundred yards just that year in that nineteen ninety nine season. He was about seven and a half per carry for his career. And Pete also had the power to his game. Jamie mentioned that when when we got here tonight about the, you know, if you're looking for combinations of different backs, I mean, um, Pete Pete would be a good mix. Third in, in career rushing yards, just over thirty five hundred. Um so you know, again, I have him four. If, if people have him higher, I, I certainly would not argue.
2: I, I think the thing that jumped out to me about Pete well first first the ninety seven Wilson team had Austin and Gilmore in the same <laughs> backfield, and Frank Wilson, I believe, too. Right on the 97. he made where was he ninety was he a senior in ninety six? I'm sorry, I'm Which getting one? Mid, Frank Frank.
3: Uh, Frank was a sophomore in '95. Okay, so. so he
2: would have been on the '97 team. So that three, so or, we had, or a th- freshman,
3: maybe we had I'm, him up as a freshman. Okay,
2: well, yeah, the three of them though in '97 were on the same team. That's one heck of a backfield. Um, but watching this tape and doing research for the show, we talked about already Alex Austin and how just athletic specimen, amazing at everything, offense, defense. The same thing for Pete. Watching the tape, the one highlight in this video. He levels a guy <laughs> from his cornerback spot. Oh, I think that one went it, through already. It was yeah, yeah it went through yeah, already. Oh it's my early. Gosh. I he just destroyed I could the feel guy. the hit, you know, 20 some years late later. <laughs> that's how hard he hit the guy. Uh, but also the return game. He, he had such a, an incredible component in the return game. But again, best Wilson running backs, what do you think of Pete Gilmore's one that immediately comes to mind? And I'm very biased, and I have thrown this out there on Bulldog Hour and Anyone I've ever talked about Wilson football, those 90s teams up until I became a player on the team, and that was 2000s. But those 90s, like basically 1991 through 99, the big guys that you always hear announced over the, the loudspeaker system, those are always the names that are going to pop to my mind. So that's Jeff Nadrowski, uh, Jamie Sands, Alex Austin. Pete Gilmore, like those, those are the four running backs. I just remember hearing their names as I'm at the stadium on Friday nights over and over and over. So those are always the names that come up and Pete being the one right before I became a high school Wilson football player. Um, it just, it, it's just incredible what he was able to do. And I remember, you know, I mentioned Rodney Gilmore was at the beginning of me coming back to the area and starting to get involved with Wilson football. Rodney was chasing Pete's records, so it just came full circle. Um, you know, ten years later, um, seeing Rodney push and push and push and finally get past Pete for a couple of these uh, of these records. So, just just a quick side note: like, huddle is a
0: great tool that has allowed changed the way players get seen and teams can study other teams and everything. However watching a highlight tape that doesn't st- pause every, every play to like highlight which player I'm supposed to be watching. There's is, a couple it, of them is in kind, here. It's
2: kind of refreshing.
0: Like, it's, 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 this, so
2: this highlight video is actually before his senior year. So all the 99 stuff we touched oh on gosh. isn't even on this tape. really. But the 98 Manheim Central game, which no one wants us to bring up ever <laughs> is, is on there and it's the first play because he returns a kick for a touchdown in that game, in the, in the rain down in Mannheim. And that's the, uh, the tuck rule before the tuck rule or smoker said, no, I definitely fumbled that <laughs> ball. Uh, but let's not, we're not going to get off on that tangent. <laughs> Thought you weren't going to bring it uh, We're not, we're not going to talk about it at all. No. Um, so Paul, that just leaves your uh, your number five here. And, uh, yeah.
1: And if we ever do a tight end list, which would be a great list too, <laughs> Pete's brother, John would certainly i would think he would be yeah, mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he'll be, he'll be on that Mount Rushmore. A uh, number five was, was tricky for me. And, This player, I think, will get a lot of conversation because of how he was used. I put Brian McCarty there. Now, it's interesting because he's not top 10 in career rushing yards. He had over 1,800, and 1,400 of those came when he was a junior in 89, which, of course, is the Kerry Collins team that got to the state championship. Uh, game and came up just a little bit short, but in that '89 season, McCarty also had over 800 receiving yards. So we're talking about 2,200 plus combined yards. I mean, he could just he could do everything there. I will also full disclosure: I did email Coach Dom's and ask for his list just to get some perspective. And he had Brian in his top five. So that did carry weight with me just because I have so much respect for Coach Doms.
2: I I did consider doing that, but I wanted to go in with a fresh slate altogether because I didn't want someone else's opinion to sway me too much. But I strongly considered reaching out to Coach Doms and Coach Slemmer to say – who would be your top five? Yeah. But then I also didn't want to get in the position where someone asked me, and I don't want to out them to be like, well, here's their five, and right. this is why they ranked them yeah. here. Uh, I'm so, going to avoid that. So
1: I'm not going to tell you <clears throat> Coach Doms is five. You can, or, you can tell me
2: off air, though. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: have. Um but he I would just say this. He did have Brian McCarty in his top five. Maybe it was it's the reporter in me. I like asking a lot of questions. So um and if you want a resource, Coach Times is pretty good guy to go to. But then Jeff Nydrowski in ninety was the leading rusher. McCarty was not. So if you're just gonna look at career rushing yards, he's probably not in your top five. Um but I, I factored in you know, the versatility that he had to be able to catch the football, being part of, you know, the only team to get to the state championship game. Um, but, and I don't know, Joe, if you want me to go through my honorable mention. Oh, we're going
2: to do that next.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, because there there are guys there that I certainly could have put at five this was really close my top, I'll say this my top four I have no doubts I would not change and despite what anyone wants to argue with me I would not change my top four uh, the fifth spot there to me that that's up in the air a little bit
2: yeah I, I feel like that's sort of how I went about it too there's a couple but there's there's ones that I was like definitely feel this way but then I felt bad about not having some of these other guys yeah um but yeah, I can see that. that's kind of how we handled the quarterback. We felt like there was like a, a definite top at least three, if not four. Right. That were guaranteed. And then that fifth spot, there was about like ten people we considered yeah, for that last Yeah. Because spot.
1: with Carrie, Chad, Shane, Shane, and Chris Adams. Yeah, t- t- to me that was a that was a yeah, pretty and then we talked about
2: Sepola. and we talked about Zwezig, Palm. We talked yeah. about Zweizek. Yeah, we talked about all these But numbers. I was
1: very comfortable with the first four there. Yeah
2: um so well why don't we why don't we do that then why don't we talk about we we each did a like a next four or a just missed uh and they're not ranked they're in no particular order but i'll throw yours up here paul so why don't you uh dive into your four that just missed the cut on your list
1: well I iggy reynoso who was right there i mean it looked like he was chiseled out of stone i mean the guy i don't know what his body fat was but Um, good luck trying to pinch an inch on Iggy Reynosa. I mean, he was, you know, he was just looked like he was built out of brick. I mean, it was unbelievable how strong he was and me covering the whole County. I saw him as a freshman at Hamburg and it's like, Whoa, like, what do we have here? And then his sophomore year, he was over a thousand yards as a 10th grader at Hamburg. So, that's another tricky thing when you want to rank Wilson running backs. Mm-hmm. Iggy had over 1500 rushing yards at Hamburg. Right. And then at Wilson, he was over 3200.
2: Yeah, I mean if you take the 1500 at Hamburg and move it over, he's at 47, which right. is 1100 more than Gillen who's number 1.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so that, you know, it depends how you want to view uh, what he did at Hamburg, but at Wilson he he was two-time all-state uh, selection. Uh, I think people forget this. He, he led the team in catches mm-hmm. in uh, as big and strong as he was. Um, they threw a lot of short stuff to him in the flat. Uh, he had 31 catches in 2017. He was over seven yards a carry, which seems to be like the magic number with uh, a lot of these, these guys. And, um, you know, I just, the, the power that, that he brought to the table and also, I talked about the Gilmore game against Mannheim Central. Iggy's game against Cumberland Valley in the district final, I'll never forget that, 2016, because at halftime it did not look good against <laughs> Cumberland Valley, and Iggy took over the game. I mean, he was a man possessed in, uh, the, in the second half. In fact, um, not that it means anything, but so each year at the radio station we would submit a game for the – PAB Awards, which is Pennsylvania Association of Broadcasting, and that was the game we submitted, and, and we won uh, for, for the good game. Uh, Best Local Sports Coverage, but that was a game, so I should thank Iggy for um, the award I have somewhere. <laughs> um, but um, that game always sticks out to me, the way they they came back, and uh, so he, he you could easily put him uh, up there. Uh, Jamie was on my honorable mention List too. Uh, Jamie, I always viewed as lightning in a bottle. Like, it it didn't matter if they were on the 10, 20, 30, 40, like, he could go on any play. And we talked about yards per carry. He's tied for 8.6. Now, as a junior, which was my senior year, so actually started a little broadcasting back when BCTV would pick up the game. (laughs) So I announced. Um, a bunch of Jamie's games when I was still in high school. Uh, but Rob Ruth was part of the running back mix. And then uh, Matt Narocki was a very good fullback who got some catches some of the time. But then uh, Jamie's 95 season was one of the best in Wilson history, about 1,600 rushing yards there. Um, so, you know, when you look for like electric players. I think that's a good adjective. J- Jamie is, is right there because of how he could go the distance, you know, on, on any play. And also we, we talked about Austin being a great defensive back. Jamie was phenomenal on, on defense. Yeah,
2: Jamie, what are you coaching now? Oh,
3: defensive yeah. backs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he was part of my list. Uh, we talked about Jeff Nydrowski it was funny. So the reason my face is bright red is I played pickleball for about four hours today <laughs> with a former Bulldog, Kurt Kelly, He okay. was a very good player by the end and was a good tight end, too. Maybe he would be on <laughs> on that list. But um, Mike Vecchio was also over there in West Reading. So when I told Mike we're doing this show, uh, he said, oh, Jeff Neidrowski's got to be in your top five. <laughs> I'm like, well... Funny thing, Mike.
3: <laughs> he isn't. He isn't. Um,
1: and then I gave, but I started rattling off the names to him, and he's like, "Man, that's that's tough." Yeah. And then, so uh, again, there's no like right or wrong answer here. No. It's It's personal preference, but. Jeff's 91 season, obviously the Mifflin game. I mean, and maybe that's why <laughs> <laughs> Vecchio mentioned uh, nijowski because he had 319 yards against the Mustangs yeah. and six touchdowns right. in that one game.
2: Which is only recently tied by Iggy Rioso
1: right. in the playoff game. Yeah.
2: yeah uh, when I first put this out about a month or so ago and announced it and put out the image I had made, uh, I think uh, Coach O'Neill, Coach Steve O'Neill from Why Missing, retweeted it out there, and the Nydrowski brothers grabbed onto it and saw it, <laughs> and they were like, "No doubt, Jeff's number one." And I was like, "You're gonna have to tune in to find out." I uh, said, so "Obviously, he's gonna be on the list for sure," and I think one of I don't remember which one it said you know, 300 plus yards in a game. And I, I was like, yeah, you're right. But two others did it as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, so. I,
0: and I don't know the circumstances of all those games, but I remember, um, like he did that in a half. Yeah. It was, it the was six touchdowns were in the game. first half. Yeah, and, and he got shut down and it was the right thing to do. But I know, man, no, in,
2: in the locker that, room, everyone was asking right, Doug to right. put him back in to get a right. seven. <laughs> Because it would have it would have eclipsed um, Lashawn McCoy's record, uh, which is I believe is still six, okay. unless someone's passed since well, then. Jo- I don't know. Journey Brown. Oh yeah, that, did Journey Brown have like, like, like the seven hundred yard Well, but I think wasn't that a playoff record? Did Journey it, Brown do that? in It the was playoffs? a playoff game. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah so, um, Paul, then your last just missed is um, a, a recent one, not as recent as Iggy, but right there, behind, right there in front of him, uh, yeah. Shane Dansler.
1: Yep, Shane Dancer unfortunate situation with his senior year when he got injured because if he stays healthy he's the all-time leading rusher in Wilson history which is a nice feather in your cap when yeah. you, you talk about the tradition and all the championships that this program has won but his senior year which was 2015 he only had uh, 540 rushing yards that year because he was He was banged up. He still finished with over 3,300, which puts him fourth on the career list, even with the injury his senior year. And he was another guy who was seven yards a carry.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I was at Manheim Township when he came back after his injury that first game. And I'll tell you what, for only having one healthy leg, he he did some... pretty nice stuff against us that night <laughs> yeah. it was
2: really hard to stop shane was in electric town he was the first one so he he came to at what the first year of wilson west he was a seventh grader um i was coaching at wilson central which you know they changed the system and they created west and he walked over to us in the summer of 2010 and introduced himself to me and Coach Fernsler. And we're like, oh, so you're going to eighth grade? He's like, no, seventh. And we're like, oh. And he walks over to join the, the throw-around practice we're doing. Fernsler's like, well, I guess we found our running back. <laughs> and he was unstoppable on offense and defense. We had to take him out of games because he was literally hurting people. And then this is middle school football, seventh and eighth grade football. But, you know, he's running around as a seventh grader, bigger, faster, stronger than everyone on the field. You know, and then we talked to some of the coaches after putting up some ungodly number because no one could stop him. And we'd be like, yeah, we'll see it next year because he's back with us next year. <laughs> uh, they just couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. And then following him up through, obviously, he had to be pulled up to the high school team as a freshman. And I just remember yeah, his freshman year was that 2012 team, which was just incredible, uh, especially defensively. Uh, they had such a great team. Uh, they would usually be winning games because other opponents couldn't really score that much. And Shane would get the time to play and he'd rip off a big Ronnie in you know, a student section. He's a freshman. He's a freshman. And, yeah, four years of Shane Dantzler, is going to do a, a program good. And like everything you just said, it's unfortunate he suffered that injury and missed some games his senior year because he would be a lot higher on a bunch of these lists. But even so, what he was able to do, and honestly, he wasn't really the feature back until he was a junior. He is obviously freshman year. There was a bunch of guys in front of him. um, Jimmy Brooks and Jesse poor um, uh, key among them. But then in 2013, a a guy that um, doesn't have the stats on here, but someone who I think is vastly underrated when it comes to Wilson running backs, John Ray Snyder. And that entire 2013 team was so, so good when no one thought they would be. And I know that's a feather in their cap all the time. Everyone doubted them. They were the team that was only going to win five or six games people told them that all summer long and they came out and it was cuz of the attitude and demeanor of the players like John Ray Snyder who really was the lead guy even with Shane in the backfield mm. it was still John Ray Snyder getting those carries and seeing him not willing to go down and that that's kind of the attitude that a lot of Wilson running backs have had uh but then Shane and that 2014 team we've talked about the 2014 team on this show all the time uh, they had an incredible run and that was that was that was a season of Shane Dansler in that offense uh, that was a that was a great year to watch and Shane had some absolutely incredible runs
3: what was Shane's playing weight do you remember he was
1: he, he was small that i was just going to say that yeah
3: be, because his squat numbers if i'm mistaken as a sophomore definitely as a junior was 600 plus he was
2: yeah it, it, he i feel i always feel like he looked the same as when we saw him as 7th grader yes. as when he got <laughs> he to was high not
1: school. he was not tall at all i mean he yeah. was short back
2: the performance on the field just electric he just was, electric
1: yeah i mean obviously i'm not saying he was Barry Sanders at all but he made the first guy miss like i always viewed Shane as more shifty than fast like to me Rodney Gillen was like straight line burner I never, not that Shane certainly wasn't slow, but you know what I mean? Like he had this like natural ability to just, he he was an ankle breaker. He had great
2: vision and agility. Yeah. Yeah, It was, it was something.
1: But I never would like saw him as like a four, four type of guy, you know, but, and he wasn't big, but man, I mean, he, he was really fun to watch.
2: All right. I think that covers it for Paul's list. We got your top five. You're just missed. We threw out a bunch of other names, but I'm going to let uh, Justin do his now. Again, there's a lot of overlaps So some of these guys. Actually, probably most of these guys we've already touched on. We can throw out a few more uh, about it. We'll let Justin talk a little bit um, about your top five, and I'll pull it up for you right now so you yeah, can get so, started. So we I,
0: – and I, I mentioned this at the intro. Like, this was so hard. This yeah. was so hard. Joe and I did a show like before, different thing, but like we're like, who's the best baseball player of all time? I honestly had an easier time with that, and that's a ridiculous question because there's like people who you know, but
1: like it's Babe Ruth.
0: See, I said it was Willie Mays.
1: Mays. Willie Mays didn't pitch. That's, (laughs) That's the X fact. Babe Ruth is a great pitcher. It's true. It's true.
0: But like we went through and we just went went through this stuff. But like here, I'm like, oh my gosh, and I. I really struggled to like put out of mind, like the guys that I've actually seen, you know, like, and knowing that there were so many great backs that I did not see. um, And like, I didn't have that benefit of growing up and seeing at least, you know, another decade of, of guys, which when we went through the list includes a bunch of greats, Um, they were all before my time here. I know I tell Joey this story all the time. It was the fall of 99 My dad, so my dad went to Wilson and my uncle was on that 67 team and and all that stuff. But my dad was at that Wilson Mannheim Central game in 99 here. We didn't live here yet. We didn't know we were moving here yet, but good friends of ours, still super close family friends, they lived in Mannheim Central. They wanted to come down. My dad's like, Yeah, sure. Cause he was going to go with my grandfather to the game and they watched it. My dad came home and was like, You'll never believe like this game, (laughs) it was nuts. The crowd, like all this stuff. Yeah, I grew up in Columbia. There's 2000 people. It's uh, the biggest game of the year, you know, um, against Lancaster Catholic usually at the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> right. We've talked about that, but, um, but you know, like, so it it was just a lot harder for me. I, I did go a lot on, on the numbers in, in a way for me to kind of step aside at least a little bit, or at least maybe, maybe it's the flip, maybe for me to rationalize why I have some of the guys where I have them. Um, I went Rodney number one, um, and so all that talk about like, oh, yeah, me trying to distance myself. And I go with the guy who stands out because I got to see him play. <laughs> um, it's just, man, Rodney, when he would get the ball, he, yeah, if he got past the guy, he was gone. Yeah. Like he was gone. And it was just absolutely ridiculous being able to watch him play. Um, a couple of years ago, you know, he helps out with like some of the youth football and stuff and, He'll be running around. There's these little kids. And still, you know, this is a decade later. Rodney's not old. But, like, he's just... These kids, like, they know he's fast. They know he's good. They have no idea how good he was, you know? And it's just... It's funny because he'll just, like... You know, he'll be there in untied, you know, sneakers and just, like, you know, have, like, his phone in his pocket, all that stuff. And he'll just, like, make these kids miss like crazy. But, man, Rodney was just... Awesome to kind of see um, I did have, I had Pete as number two um, again, kind of just looking at uh, just the, the the numbers kind of were everywhere um, that legendary 99 game, which I have only heard of, like I, I wasn't there, but like hearing of those games, like, and actually having, like I said, I, I don't have a lot of firsthand experience with a lot of those, but like I do for that one. And that story kind of stood out to me. It was there. I remember – so when I moved to Wilson, John Gilmore was there working out for the draft. And I'm just like, that may be the biggest guy I've <laughs> ever seen like, in high school. Like, it, he was just massive. And, again, I I was coming from, uh, you know, a single-A school where they're trying to get 22 guys so they can practice, you know, yeah. like that kind of thing. So it was just a different world to see these types of athletes, you know. Um, you know, I – one of my friends at Columbia scored – Five touchdowns in a game, and he had under 40 yards rushing. He got he was the fullback, but inside the 10, they give him the ball. <laughs> Mike Allstock, right? He, 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 was. <laughs> yeah. he wrestled heavyweight at Penn State, like big dude. Um, and it was funny because then he was on like the Tri County All Star team with some of the guys that I graduated with, like Ian Firestone, and um, some of the linemen were there, like, and they're like, Hey, we this guy, I'm like, Yeah, I, I could tell you lots of stories, but um. <laughs> You know, I went with Iggy number three. Um again, I, I did have a tough time, like, because I knew he did have that time before Wilson, but I, I tried to think about what he did here, knowing it it's so different. And that's not to devalue what he did. It's just I don't really I don't I don't know how to kind of to place that. Um because like watching him play and watching him yeah, he, he walked in. I had I had a Iggy in class, and he walked in, and you're just like, oh,
1: my
0: <laughs> gosh. Like, hey, this kid's a 10th grader? Like, this kid's a 10th grader. When he moved yeah. in, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, kids, I had heard, you know, you hear, like, oh, this kid at Hamburg is, is like, yeah, up.
1: And that, you and, know and what, I, I, people I, often right. will disparage, well, mm-hmm. he's doing, I'm, and so, because I get to see almost mm-hmm. all the teams, I feel like I can differentiate and tell mm-hmm. even the Wilson fans or Mifflin fans. I'm like, no, like this kid's going to be a, a right. player wherever he's at. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Irrelevant. And, yeah. Right.
0: Exactly. And, and it was one of those, he walked into my, cause you know, you hear, Oh, this kid's moving from, from Hamburg. He walks into my class. And I'm just like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> Got my attention. Got my attention. Yeah. Like you said, like just ripped. Yeah. And you know, this, 15 or 16 years old. And you're just like, Oh man, adding him
2: to the 2016 team too. Right. What a team for him to come in on. So then I went, I
0: went with Nadrowski next. And again, kind of mentioned I had, I'm trying to balance like, you know, the performance based on numbers, but also the performance based on, on the teams and the team success. And those, those teams are so successful um, as successful as Wilson teams kind of get. Um, and then my fifth was Jamie Sands. Um, I, I talked about the
1: the, the Now numbers. did you did you know he was coming in? No, no before I, yeah, <laughs> I did not. I, I said it. I said it. It's funny,
3: you so, didn't say anything last week about it. Right,
1: right. Well, actually,
0: and that's true. Like, Jamie and I have had lots of discussions about it, but I did not mention it. And I was like, eh, you know,
2: you never know.
1: <laughs> I actually meant but, to put Jamie second. Can uh, we change that? Uh, <laughs> switch it up. Um,
2: no, uh, Jamie was technically a late addition to this because we've been working on this. I re- reached out to you in March to yeah. talk about this. And we've been working on stats. And I, I said, Hey, can you get me my top five weeks ago? Cause I wanted to do all this stuff. And then talking with Justin, I was like, do you think Jamie would come on the show? He's like, I don't talk to it. him. Right.
3: <laughs> well, I think it's interesting because everybody's bringing the up, but like when he played, he had a nickname. And nobody's calling him by his nickname. Nitro. All right. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you.
2: Nitro. Yeah. No, it's a great nickname for a running back. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Jeff Nadrowski is one I already said. You know, the 90s bias in me. He's always the one that's going to pop in my head. Uh, It was nice. Paul mentioned him. Justin's got him in the top five. He... It's funny after the success of the 89 and 90 teams, of which Jeff was a part of the 90 team, I believe.
1: He was uh, a leading rusher, 90. He,
2: he, um, it's, uh, yes, you're right. Yeah, it was after 89, and it's articles about the 90 team, and they didn't know who was going to take over, like who was going to be the guy with McCarty gone. And the article, you know typical slimmer fashion under uh, you know, underselling and oh i don't know what we got anyone coming back i don't i don't know who's going to be the running back all this that, stuff
0: that sounds so familiar to the preseason articles now
2: let's <laughs> <laughs> well, go i have yeah. you know on the bulldog Hour.com, i have the history and heritage site and you can go in like look in the early 90 and 91 it's it must be the 90 season oh, i don't know who's going to be i i don't know who's going to carry the ball you know we lost all our backfield we don't have anyone who's going to and Ninety one, it's like well, and the paid off uh, pretty good in the ninety season.
3: So, who had the most carries in one season at Wilson? Because when single I went season. through, it was Nitro, uh, and I think it was like two hundred and seventy nine carries in like is there single ten season eleven that games. I,
2: I don't have. S- I know he had season.
3: the most carries like in a season when I was going through.
2: I don't so, so,
3: so every time you say we don't know who's going to carry the ball. I have a feeling they had a pretty good idea.
2: Yeah, well, right, but they weren't they weren't letting anyone know about that. Right, uh, but right. they had a pretty good idea. Yeah, Nadrowski. Um... Right, so he
0: ended with four ninety four, yeah. like which is second yeah, so all he's... time total. Now, so that would include the other ones, but
3: so he was number
2: one there. jake Jake stopper Stopper. all right not which which is a good segue because justin let's talk about your just missed running yeah so when we go
0: into (laughs) the ones where we just missed i i talk about jake stopper and um again not to hammer the point again but that, that was that weird time between like i wasn't here for high school anymore but i hadn't come back to the area and and started teaching yet but like i it was always kind of like I would hear about it cuz I followed along that's just kind of what I do um and he was just always there but Jake Stopper 699 career carries that's more than 200 more than second <laughs> place like that and and, 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 and his th-
1: brother started as a freshman yes and that's what I
0: it, yeah. and that's what I remember I remember there were just games where it felt like he was carrying the ball 30 sometimes cuz he
2: was Right, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and it wasn't like Oh, oh, we did it this week. Well, we we'll give him off. No, he did it again the next week. Yeah. He he got the ball all the time. You know, talk about those teams where, yeah, you know. Well, who's going to get it? Well, Jake Stopper's is going to get yeah. it, and he's going to get it a lot. Um, you know, and it, it's just one of those things where just that that workhorse mentality and uh, going through those those teams and those were some interesting teams. Uh, it was senior year was two thousand seven. You know. Um, but just like that – being able to carry the ball nearly 700 times, one
2: one short of 700 times, like that
3: that's, that's crazy. How many games played? I don't – So he was a senior
2: in the fall of those 07. Did he play as a freshman? See, um, this is my college year, so yeah. I'm not around. So
1: Dylan started as a freshman. Okay. Know that. I, I don't – I think Jake was more sophomore, Three junior, years. senior. Yeah.
2: Okay, so that would be five, six, seven – I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, you're you're looking at mid-30s probably. probably some Mid right. to upper 30s in so the number even, of games. Even
0: if he was, like, the starter for three years, you're talking, like, over 230 carries a season averaging over three years. Like, like
3: I was a premier guy in my senior year. I was lucky to carry the ball 30 <laughs> times. Every day at the time, like, I maybe averaged 16 carries. Right,
0: <laughs> right, exactly. So, like, it's just,
3: it's one of those things.
0: Well, and his, well, here we go. Actually, it has it in the single season. So, okay. So he had 231 carries in 2005. This is this is insane. And 231 carries in 2006, and then he, which is pretty so much he had right on
2: 238. Then as a senior,
1: is that is that right? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look here. Well, it's consistent. So yeah,
2: it is very consistent.
1: Yeah. And I can give you the games played too, because. Two thousand five they were seven and three.
2: Okay, ten.
1: Two thousand six they were eleven and two.
2: Okay, twenty-three.
1: And two thousand seven they were nine and four. Thirty six.
2: So thirty-six, so, that's what I said. Yeah, right. mid thirties. So mm-hmm. this is
0: this is just a crazy anomaly here. Yeah. In two thousand five, he rushed for one thousand two hundred and sixty nine yards on two hundred and thirty-one carries for a five and a half yard average. The next year, 1,262. Seven yards difference on the same number of carries, so it averages out to five and a half yards. His, his style, he's in here at 15 and 16. It's the same. It's seven <laughs> yards difference. That's it. And that was his sophomore and junior year, and then his senior year isn't on this list, so the yards are probably lower, which – um, but it, it's just yeah, – that's
2: that's crazy. But that – very weird coincidence. So yeah, Jake Stopper was one, is someone who I don't know a lot about because that was the time where I was not in the area. And unfortunately, we didn't have everything being presented to us via video or on social media, at least not the way it is now to keep up with things. Um, so I didn't get to see any of Jake's career, but just the numbers in the the stats book that he just right. mentioned, I was like, this is a guy that I need to learn more about. He
1: w- very consistent, durable, Athletically he wasn't a Alex Austin, Rodney Gillen, right, Shane Dancer. Right. He wasn't that guy. But right. I mean, put up huge career numbers. Right.
0: I, I had Alex Austin and we've talked a bunch about him. Just again, like from you know, the numbers back it up, but also just like the legend. Like he would just go out there and man, he'd just destroy guys. <laughs> um, Mike Ritz, you know, the legendary guy, whether it's the you know the timing and building the program. I talked about it. My, my uncle was was on that undefeated. Your team. uncle's
1: not gonna be happy with you. You didn't have him in your top five. He yeah, made, yeah, he made the just miss. Right, right.
0: And <laughs> yeah. and and, and that's where, and that's where like it was it was hard. Like because I'm like, oh man, like what? And that that's where my bias came through and and the numbers and just kind of looking and wasn't sure. But he had to be on there, and I. I got to give a quick shout out to the guys who were broadcasting. I know it was a hard time in part because of the crowd, the central York playoff game this year. Cause I got up there to the camera on the sideline and they start peppering me with Wilson history questions. I'm like, listen, man, like I appreciate what you're doing. You are talking to the wrong guy. Like I know more than like a lot of people who are going to be sitting in the stands, but like, my buddy right there, he could answer so much more of this for you. <laughs>
2: I was like, but like, we need to switch spots. I'm right, texting
0: back and forth with Joey, because I knew some of the answers to the questions he was asking, but some of them I didn't. And then that guy's just dropping like little things. I could hear him like on their broadcast. It was it was really cool. And then I had my last one of the honorable or just missed guys was Jaden Jones. And just mm. like the the way you know, you look at this year, um the way that team just turned into Again, we're going to run it, you know we're going to run Come it. and stop us and, yeah. and he was just going to and again, um seeing Jaden kind of transform over the years in, into that role was kind of cool. Um it I felt like he had to be on there like and it's interesting cuz it wasn't necessarily any one thing that was like earth-shattering, but I feel like um it, it might be some recency bias there of just like just seeing him and, and the way um he he was able to play this year and 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 last year um and and kind of uh get on there and and re- no pun intended like carry carry the team and help carry the team forward a little bit was was noteworthy in in my opinion
1: and you, and you also saw when he wasn't on the field right well how the t- well, how different and, the team and and you look at numbers and i know we don't want
0: to get too much into the what ifs but there were a couple of things this year where like he wasn't there and i we've talked about this. There are certain things and like the Mannheim central game. Like I, I feel like that game is different, you know, but absolutely. But even, yeah. even that stuff aside, you you look at last year, the schedule was so weird. Like it, the number of games was so much less last year through no fault of anyone they, what they were five and one or six. Seven, and one. It was seven games. Okay, Yeah. yeah. So they went six in and 2020. One, and, you know, like, so like, yeah, two, two seasons ago. But, like, that's going to skew some of the numbers there a little bit in, in a team. And, and he was certainly a big part of that team. And so, like, that was just a crazy thing that hopefully we don't have to worry about for another how, however yeah. long, you know, messing with seasons like that. But um, so it's kind of hard to wrap around, like, some of those career total numbers uh, for Jaden because that 2020 season.
3: Yeah, but there's something to be said about, you know, when Jaden's in the backfield you know what's coming, right? Let, let's 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 play, right? Yeah. And and,
2: and right. that that's what was so fun. I mean, Justin and I talked about this literally every week on this show, especially after week about seven when things really like you. Every team knows what's coming and they cannot stop. It's it. either him or Brad, right? Right. Yeah. Well, like, like <laughs> the end, like the end of the Hemfield game,
0: like yeah, you know, three minutes, and I'm like, oh man, I think I think they're gonna get it, and they they just did. They just did. They just ran down the field and did it. And it's then, like, yeah, something a week, week and, and week and week. Yeah, Yeah, when that
2: identity came in, that was fun to watch. Jaden was one that was one of those pleasant surprises when I was doing the the research for this. He's also the second guy behind just Shane that when he came to us at West, I was like, this is going to be a player Mm -hmm. in the future. I hope he sticks with it. And I mean you could when he got up there and got an opportunity even as a sophomore, mostly more at linebacker than a running back as a as a sophomore, you could tell that he was in for big things and the unfortunate things especially with that pandemic season of only getting seven games you you add another four, five, six, seven games in his career. How high up well, is on he that, on this in, list? In that team?
0: Like that team was that team right, was really good. It yeah. was a
2: really good team. They ran into a buzzsaw against Mifflin at the beginning, and then got slighted by District Three come playoff time. You know, a lot of what ifs there, but it, that was real. That was one of the real bright spots in the research here of seeing Jaden's name pop up there. And then I had to do that mostly through Max Preps because we don't have the new book yet because his career wasn't over when um, this the latest book came out. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how how much how many lists he shows up in, but I I, I made sure to add him to the career rushing uh, list based on what was on the max prep profile. And he he's sitting there at number 11, right behind Jamie Sands in career rushing. So, uh, so that was Justin's list and his just missed. So we'll wrap things up here with mine. Pretty sure we've talked about all of these guys already uh, and I'll touch on them just briefly. Um, So we can wrap things up here. But before I go to my top five, um, I just want to mention the the guys that I played with. We talked about all of them, I think, before we started the show tonight. Um, You know, we talk about great backfields. We uh, mentioned the one from the, the... well. The 90s all the way up through, I mentioned, it just kept cycling through. And there were teams that had those guys overlap. And it's incredible to think about. Uh, the the fall of O2 team, which the Tradition Club is honoring for the, our 20th anniversary of our undefeated LL Championship this fall um, on September 9th against Martin Luther King. Uh, it was another um, backfield by committee. And it featured Dean Millard, Desmond Boyd, and Travis Mosser. And it's incredible to watch the highlight video, which um, I I put up on YouTube actually exists for all three of my seasons. And to be able to reminisce and watch those is really awesome. But how if one of the guys got stopped or needed more on defense, the other two could step up, uh, it, it was a lot of fun to watch. So. Um, I just wanted to mention Desmond Dean and, and Travis there. And then one other guy who who popped up and, and isn't on these lists because he only had one year as a starter. And Justin and I mentioned him, mentioned him a lot now nearly four years ago when he was a senior. But Elijah Morales kind of bought in to the, the Wilson way. Like you step up as a senior. You didn't get a lot of opportunities early. And all he did, you still have the single season up. He ended up having the 18th most rushing yards in Wilson history in a single season. A guy who barely played as yeah. a, at least as a running back earlier in his career. And, you know, people wondering, Oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And and we had talked as we had coached him. Elijah can do it. If he gets the opportunity, he can do it. And he did in a big way for that 2018. Yeah, he team. was
1: really fast. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah he, he was, he
2: was a, a fun one to watch. He so, ended up
0: with a, over 1100 yards on 179 carries and, Six point three average. Um, just real quick, another one that if if we look at the teams that um, Zach Groff on that yeah, I was just gonna say him. Like yeah. you look at those guys um, that that two thousand eighteen again. That that one's unique to me because that's the first one when I wasn't in school. That like I was back in the air. I was teaching at that point, and that team was
1: so good. He had so seventeen hundred yards that year. Now they played a lot of games because right, they got to right. the the state yep. semis, yep. Uh, and that team was really well-known for their defense. In right, f- right. fact, Coach Doms uh, told me during that run it, it was the best defense in Wilson history. Um, now, there's some from the late 70s, early 80s that would certainly uh, be in the mix there. Yeah, but talk that- to Coach
2: Walbur about it. <laughs> <that.
1: laughs> um, but 2008 – no one did anything against him yeah. uh, until the the state semifinal. I mean, that was so up front with like Rodney Hill, and I mean, all three levels they were just they were completely loaded. Um, but yeah, GROFF had a monster year, um, but maybe didn't get as much attention as some right. of the other star right. players that year.
2: Yeah. His that two thousand eight team again, not when I was around here, so I was living vicariously through Justin who was like telling me how good this team was. And I actually did get to catch them at the district championship where they just blew the doors off of Cumberland Valley who I hear was like talking trash leading up to the game and
1: Yeah, go back and look at the scores in that two thousand and eight season. It was it was a demolition oh, derby. I just I mean,
2: ripped their footage on mini D V discs I had to hook up with Coach Palm to get the proper equipment to rip those as we transitioned from DVDs to Huddle, there was this mini DV transition. Uh, and then we had to get the right equipment. I just ran through the th- entire 2008 season, um, unfortunately missing a couple games, but I, I'm like, I need to watch these because that team is talked about as one of the best ever
1: and look at look at the number of touchdowns allowed when the starting defense was still in the game. I mean it yeah, was it's it's hardly any until they, that the state so like state the, semi the
0: total defensive games and this is through fifteen games. Gave up under 1,000 yards rushing at 995, under 1,600 yards total passing. Um, so they gave up just over, well, just over 2,500 total yards
1: through 15 games. And I wonder the and points. Total
0: points, 137.
1: Okay. And in the state semi that they gave, it was, was that 38 35? Yeah. It was that tr- triple overtime at yeah, so, Bethel Park. Yep. So take, so. Before that, they right. had allowed what a hundred points in fourteen games. Right.
0: They, so they averaged nine point one points a game, and here we go. The average margin of victory was thirty and a half. Yeah, um,
1: Justin,
2: highest. are, are so. they sitting alone at average margin of victory? It's it's highlighted here. So I'm running through. I believe they are. What what was the total again? Thirty and a half. Thirty and a half. That is nuts grass. that is nuts yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <sighs> okay we can't go yeah. into this <laughs> far, right? but apparently we have like a greatest teams discussion yeah. coming up yes. uh, in our future but all right so my top five here to round this out is all guys we've mentioned there's no one new on, on this list uh, i'll start at, at the bottom though number five my last one on the list was nitro jeff nadrowski uh, again, I'm not sure we can say much more about it. The, the highlight film that he was against Mifflin, uh, and what he was able to do stepping into a, a role that, uh, coach Slemmer wanted to make sure, make sure people knew. I don't know if Wilson can, can keep churning out these guys. And, and Nitra just came in and became one of the greatest running backs to play for the program. So he's my number five and he was a senior in the fall 91. Iggy is my number four. Uh, I mean, we've covered what Reynoso was able to do and to think what could he have done if he had another two years uh, at Wilson because what he did at Hamburg was just phenomenal. Uh, it would have been great to see him add some of those numbers earlier in his career, but what he did – the funny thing to me thing about Iggy is he didn't really get his footing with the Wilson team – in terms of grasping the offense and what he was able to do until midway through twenty sixteen, yeah, that's a good point. Like because yeah. I remember he was used sparingly at times to yeah. try to make sure that he understood his his responsibilities, and then once it clicked, whew, he was unstoppable. He it, it was incredible to watch him. Um, be helped along because we Tommy O'Brien was a great guy to help him there in the backfield as the two of them were able to, early in that 2016 season, kind of be a a duo back there Mm. until Iggy got going. the
1: blocking schemes were totally different from what Hamburg was running to, obviously, with Wilson in his spread.
2: Yes, and um, when he got going, I mean, he he didn't stop because he had two great years for Wilson. So he's my number four.
3: I will say uh, one game we were playing against him and my D lineman went to the wrong gap. It didn't take that much of a mistake he, he was gone, <laughs> and gone man. he was gone <laughs>
2: yeah um uh, my number three is alex austin uh, again just someone um who i hear remember hearing his name all the time uh at well Wil- the wilson stadium wasn't even gursky yet when uh, alex was playing uh just hearing alex austin and what he was able to do just absolutely uh stellar accomplishments um not just on offense and on defense, like we said, and how great of a defensive back he was. And Alex Austin was someone that I knew was going to be on my list, and I'm glad that my expectations were met when uh, going through this. Uh, and then my number two was Pete Gilmore. Uh, Pete Gilmore, uh, I- I'm not sure you can say much more than we already did. He showed his highlight film, which didn't even include his senior year. It's just left and right. He could do it. He felt like an all-around back. He could win with power, but also with speed. Uh, incredible athlete all around. I know he's the one um, that I heard from a lot of people that they they thought that he would be up near the top when this discussion happened. And he was in the top five for all three of our lists. Um, then my number one... Um, because I'm an analytics guy, is uh, Rodney Gillen. Uh, which so is, both
1: of you had him. Yeah, we one.
2: did, and that's yeah. why I said, now our lists were very, very close. Yeah. Um,
1: c- Except I'm the only one that had Ritz in my top five. You are, yeah, and I yeah, know yeah. we'll hear about that. Right. Uh, I the long-time fans are, are going to well, appreciate they'll, they'll me.
2: Also, like, I'm sure they'll be happy that you started with Mike Ritz and, and you had him at yeah. one, and they're going to be upset that we didn't name anyone else because uh, from Ritz, the next closest guy was McCarty. I think I don't know yeah. um, that we talked in depth. I, you know, I talked about Vito info being on the the yeah. the um,
1: another point there. Um, and I have to thank my buddy Kevin Venino for pointing this out. So some of those great Wilson teams of the late seventies and early eighties used three running backs. Right. So you're not going to have the same. Type of numbers right. and right. Be- Vito that, was part with of that. Sh- group. Shrek inert, right? Yeah. Shrek played at Lehigh. Um, you know, there's when you have three different it's guys right. getting the football, yeah.
2: I, I do feel like a lot of those great teams, teams before the playoffs, a lot of them were done by committee, it was a multi. Uh, faceted group there was not just one guy there was two or three and then when you throw in the fullbacks too if you separate them there's a, a lot of people back there because you throw Leroy in there um, with a few of those guys and, and how they overlapped there's a lot of people and you only got one football um, but yeah I know I don't I don't like I don't think it's recency bias but I think things are just different and you know Mike Ritz certainly needs to be discussed and we've done that a lot tonight. And he's on my, he's on my just miss cause he, <laughs> he did just miss because, um, it was him and Pete Gilmore were the two that always Wilson running backs. I always heard everyone talk about Mike Ritz and then growing up and watching, I always thought of Pete Gilmore. So those were always my two, um, I don't, I don't have anything against Mike Ritz and, and the old, the old style of play. I just, um, I watched all of these guys play and I, in person, I, and I didn't have that opportunity for Mike Ritz or any of the, the other guys. So, um, I, am always open to people listening and t- and talking about the watching those guys play in the 60s, 70s and, and early 80s uh, that I didn't get to watch. Um, But yeah, so my list is Nadrowski, Reynoso, Austin, Gilmore, and Rodney Gillen. I I didn't honestly, going into this, I didn't think Rodney would be my number one. I definitely knew he would be in the discussion and getting to see him firsthand, especially that his senior, I know his 2010 season was statistically better uh, in terms of numbers, but watching him that 2011 season, what he was able to do just whenever they needed him, he always came through and it was just a – it was a great year to watch, a great career to be able to see. And that was – right when I moved back here to be reintroduced to Wilson football featuring someone like Rodney was a great – like, oh, yeah, that's how things are done around here. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean I, – I, and I didn't, I didn't want to adhere strictly to like, all right, well, he's number one in on all time career rushing. He has to be my number one. Right. So I immediately was like, not discounting him, just being like, don't go by that. Mm-hmm. That's not most important. And then you go to some of the other things. All right, well, let's check out yards per carry. Oh, Rodney's number one in that too, with tied with Jamie, yeah. eight point six in a career average, eight point six yards per carry. It, it's it's mind boggling to think that for an entire career you can gain. <laughs> Almost a first down yeah. on every carry. Yeah.
3: And well it's 2010 season well, not
1: one but two guys. It wasn't right. ten yeah, yards was a carry.
3: Well, I was running off tackle behind John. <laughs> <laughs> and and the other thing I want to point out is Iggy Renoso, he actually had the career leading in Brooks County, but who did right. he beat?
1: Um
3: a Gilmore.
1: Yeah, it was Yeah, yeah it David. Was
3: Pete's, yeah, yeah. Pete's yeah. uncle.
1: Right. Well, actually, but then Nate Romig. Oh, that's oh, yeah. right. Okay, yeah, you're right. Nate he was in Romig there. surpassed yeah. Um well, Gilmore and then obviously Nick Singleton yeah, yeah. crushed well, everything we don't talk about <laughs> <that's> <laughs> name on this show. <laughs> uh, wasn't <But> me. <laughs> hey, didn't you guys say when he goes to Penn State? That hey, yeah. so new so right. white game was this right? Weekend. Starting yesterday,
0: yeah. I I saw his yeah. carry, I, I sent Joey the clip of him scoring from the three and Joey was like would have loved to have seen that in one of the nine two point conversion attempts last against year? Illinois last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. So
2: Rodney's a number one in all time career rushing. He's tied for for first in career yards per carry. He's fourth in scoring by running backs. Number you know number of basically touchdowns or two point conversions, what have you. Um, he's just Iggy just beat him out by a little bit. Um Pete Gilmore, three hundred seventy two points, Uh just insane. But uh, and then Gillen has not one, but two of the top five single season rushing. So he was putting up the numbers, uh, and, and doing it. Like you said, yards per carry in his junior season of 2010, (laughs) 10.3, he touched the ball and he'd get you a first down. Unreal, unreal. So, um, Rodney Gillen ended up being my number one. And, uh, Justin and me when, when Justin sent me his list and I saw that I was like oh man right. yeah,
0: he didn't tell me he was just like oh yeah there's 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 definitely some overlap I'm like well I would hope so like if I sent it to him he's like no you did this wrong like I would have <laughs> felt I would have felt
2: awful I can I, I slide it across the desk you might want to rethink a few of your answers no nothing like that no uh, we were all very close so that's my top five and then my just missed again um, we talked about all of these guys except for, for one, my my we'll get to him last. But um, next, Jamie, well, you were you just missed the cut, but I'm sorry, <laughs> but you you were right there to the bitter end. Uh, Nit- Nitro edged you out.
3: So. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> uh, you um, needed a
1: better nickname.
3: Well, as that was the other one. The, you know the the other nickname you haven't said tonight was Alex Austin's, and I was surprised uh, I by that. I don't know Alex. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, he had T-shirts and everything. It was the A-Train. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah like I, you a, know.
2: Yeah, yeah. I need to find one of those shirts. Yeah. That needs to be added to the archive. You know it's out there. Oh, Somebody's got one. Well, um... Well, now almost three years ago when we did the 75th season reunion and flag football game and everything, Coach I came home and, and presented me with a shirt from the 94 season when it was the 50th season yeah. celebration, and I didn't have that. So when he gave it to me, I was super, super excited that he presented that and he wanted me to add it to uh, to the uh to the archive. So, yeah, Jamie, I, I always associated Wilson running backs with you because you were – Right there at the front of my head growing up, watching you and, and Nitro and Alex and Pete run around the turf. Uh
3: yeah, Nitro and uh Brian McCarty, definitely. You know, and as I understand, Brian went on to Townsend then. And if I understand it correct, he broke some of Dave Beggett's records at Townsend. He
2: had a huge career at Townsend, yes. Yep. I know he's yeah, in the Hall of Fame. I was there. gonna say I'm pretty sure he's in the Hall of Fame there. So yeah, it was uh yeah, it was it was great. So Jamie Sands was on there. Shane Dantzler. We already talked about Shane a lot. Uh, what he was able to do, watching him come up through the middle school and into the high school, and and it's sometimes it's tough to meet expectations, especially when they're sky high. And, and Shane got there, uh, so I'm not sure you can expect much else. And I think he always has to be in. Um, the conversation when it comes to best running backs to ever play at Wilson, then Mike Ritz. We've talked a bunch about Mike Ritz because you can't talk about Wilson running backs or Wilson football without uh, the uh, great running ability of Mike Ritz and what he contributed to, to the program at the, uh, the infancy of the Gursky years, you know, those first few years as the program was kind of finding its footing and setting a foundation. Uh, Mike Ritz is all about that. And then the last one we haven't mentioned much, but was on the list. Uh, Cause I got to play with him briefly as a sophomore is Chaz Logan.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, he was, yeah.
2: he was a great back, really talented good basketball uh, player too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and because of the guys I mentioned at the top of my dialogue here, um, Travis Mosser, Dean Millard and Desmond Boyd, didn't need him much as as a sophomore. He didn't get a lot of uh, playing time at the beginning of games. But when he got to to uh, get his opportunity later, because uh, with a, a guy by the name of Chad Henny under center, we were winning a lot of games by a lot of points. Uh, the younger, the underclassmen got a lot of playing time, and and Chaz is one he steps on the field kind of like Shane did in 2012 as a freshman and they yelling about how, you know, you got to look forward to this for the next few years. That was the same thing with, with Chaz, what he would did when, when healthy as a sophomore and hearing what he was doing in, in the JV games. And then he exploded, um, as a junior Chad's J- Chad senior year, Chaz's. um, Junior year in in two thousand three, and then had an incredible senior season in the fall of two thousand and four. So he was another guy um, that came to mind when talking about Wilson's greatest running backs. So, um, yeah, I think I think that I think we did it. I think we covered it. <laughs> you know, we don't have a uh, a unanimous um, decision, um, but I, I feel like our you know list what we could do pretty close. is.
1: Um, at give points to where we ranked so, them and see so the lower number yeah. would would So would, you mentioned, well.
2: you, you bring that up I actually did do that. Oh, did you? Okay. Um, I did. Great
1: minds think alike.
2: <laughs> um, so Chris Herb says Jamie Sands is definitely top five all time. Hey, so. thanks Chris.
3: <laughs> uh, um, if I see you out, you know, I'll take care of you. <laughs> so actually, yeah,
2: let me pull it up. I'm afraid to do it on my computer because I don't want it to crash. So let me pull it. I sent it to myself. I have it right here. Um, all right, so I the, the point system, uh, it would be Rod, Rodney Gillen, Pete Gilmore, Alex Austin, Mike Ritz, and Iggy Reynoso would edge out 6th place Jeff Nadrowski and 7th place Jamie Sands.
3: Is that a Google document or a Google yes, sheet? Sure. Yeah, there you go.
2: <laughs> so I would I would love to pull it up on the computer, but I got a lot running right now that I'm afraid might crash it. So <laughs> so there you go. I mean that I mean Gillen, Gilmore, Austin, Ritz, Reynoso. You can tell a pretty good story about Wilson football with those names. So uh yeah, a lot of fun. Always great to do these research and and come up with uh the, the graphics and and talk to people who are or uh interested in this topic and a lot of people were so i expect to uh to hear from many people and jamie will be the first one to bear the brunt when he sees the coaching staff of uh well you didn't talk about this guy yeah. or you didn't bring yeah. up that
3: guy oh i'm sure they'll be very understanding uh, yeah. well, I,
2: I remember three three years ago at the end of 2019 i did like a decade recap and i did like oh yeah best of the decade yeah. but it was just me like I didn't, I didn't talk to anyone else. I put it out there without, and Justin told me, it's like, there were some decisions the coaches, the coaches didn't agree with.
0: Yeah. They would come up to me. They'd be like, Hey, you guys put on my joke.
1: So th- this, this is how you have to respond because you, I used to get this all the time in radio, but then you have to ask them, okay, if you don't think so-and-so is here, or should be on the list, or you think someone should be on it? Then who do you take who are you off? Because if you writing. put someone on, you, you have, have to, to take yep. someone right. off, right. and then that then they'll stutter and stammer <laughs> and probably won't answer you. But see, this is the experience
0: Paul has from putting out his rankings oh, he, all the time. These things are great yeah, to do. Yeah. Absolutely, I
1: never got as nervous as Joe because I I find them fun <laughs> and and it stimulates conversation, which is good. It brings up a lot of great memories, which is. Good people are going to disagree. That that's fine. We don't we don't all like the same ice cream, you know. We we don't all like the same foods or drinks, you know. Uh, But there's nothing wrong with that. So I would be curious to hear from you know the coaches or the diehard longtime fans, uh, you know, for their list. And with that caveat that if you want to put someone else on, then. You have to take somebody else off, and then it becomes difficult to do.
2: Yeah, anyone that wants to submit a list, leave a comment. I'll read them next show. I'll follow it up in <laughs> yeah. June when we have our next show. <laughs> you you want to lift your top five? I will more than happy to read those off. That would be a great little, little listener feedback and opinion to go in there. Um,
1: so what's the next position?
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: I, wide receiver, I, I feel like tight receiver, end. I like well,
2: yeah, but you can't combine them. They're just too different.
1: Yeah, and wide res, wide receiver really limits um, now you're era, getting, era, the error you go. Yeah, you're, yeah, because, you're really – I
2: mean, honestly, I'm not sure you can go back much more than 30 Well, even 30 when you years. played,
1: Jamie, how, you guys threw the ball like 10 times a game.
3: <laughs> In very, very proficiently too. Yeah. are very oh, yeah. efficient. Yeah. yeah.
1: But, <laughs> um, but like receivers are not going to have – the, and then it exploded when Coach Cantafio took over, and you know the passing numbers, and it, so though, like it, it's totally impossible to compare just numbers for receivers. Yeah. Um, so that would get, but it, you know, I, there's still a lot of good. I ones. don't
0: know. So on the top career receptions list,
2: dude, he's ruining
1: <laughs> the <next>
0: show. <laughs> there, well, I, I won't even say it. There are only. Two seasons in the top twenty-two prior to like prior to the nineteen ninety season. Like they're all in the last thirty years. Yeah. Oh easily. Yeah, you could could draw a line there. Yeah, and yeah. So
3: what's what's the award that the colleges have for the best offensive line in Division I football? The
2: entire
0: line.
3: Yes, it's the entire line. I'll tell you what, I mean, I, I would like to hear that. Over the years, what was the best overall offensive lines? Because I, it, it's such, because they all complement each other in special ways. I mean,
2: right, it's, it's, t- I mean, yeah, that's, that's the discussion for Big Brubaker and Coach Stop By. We got to bring them in. <laughs> uh, they, they could, they could help us out with that.
3: I mean, the one line had Brzezinski, Toth, Stahl, and I believe Bradburn was the tight end. Tight end. I mean,
2: I I know. Yeah. I, I would love to be able to talk. I just, it's if tough I do, to find. If I
3: knew more names, I'd say it's mm-hmm.
2: tough to find information on that. That's why I remember in the late nineties, um, the Eagle did a big section on the, the offensive line. That was, I believe for Austin or Gilmore, it was like 97, 98, somewhere in there and coach stop by. Um, and that was super cool. You know, yeah. as, as a kid playing offensive line and, you know, middle school, to see them showcasing the five offensive linemen and Coach by uh, they just not enough press. Uh, and, but thankfully, it always seemed, at least in the 10-plus years I've been covering the team now, that the, the, the running backs, the skill positions are always very complementary of, of the guys blocking it up front. And I would love to be able to go in-depth with that. I just don't even know where you could start. Yeah. How do you? I mean, unless the offensive line coaches kept their grades from all the right, years, right, like, yeah. But that's, that's really inside. Mm. You really have to dig deep to talk with um, Dom's Lordchek, uh, Brubaker, Stop like, and all the assistants over the year. You know,
3: I'm sure they got some good stories, though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and those are guys that you'd have to have. We could have an offensive line episode, but you would have to have the coaches present because I sure. wouldn't even know where to begin. <laughs> Just There's so many, you know, at at least five every year, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, at least with the running backs, generally, generally, especially over the last 30 some years, there's a one guy that steps Mm -hmm. up. You have a few years with lots of committees or a one, two punch, but uh, the names on this list, by and large, were usually at least for two years, this, the one guy doing most of the work because they were such a spectacular talent. It's really hard to quantify that with the offensive line. Mm But honestly, I think if we take this series somewhere else, and if we do another one, whether it's in June or it's not until the off season next year, I feel like we're gonna get a little bit more. Kind of what I did for like the the decades thing, like top five Wilson games, top five Wilson. We could do Wilson defenses, even like doing d de- like. Just the way the defensive schemes have changed. Like what? What? How do you do? You go like. Edge? You call them edges now, or you go defensive ends and outside linebackers? Are they used in that manner, or do you do you all linebackers are just inside line? Like,
3: <laughs> oh, this is like Fight Club. I can't. I can't talk about it. No, we like, <laughs> can't discuss it.
2: Well, and then defensive backs? Do you split them up and just do the safeties? Do you throw do cornerback? I mean, Austin and Gilmore would probably be on that list. Jason Cape, who like I, I feel like. There's so many directions you could take this. Uh, I just I don't know if we can do any tight more. end
1: would be a good position because Wilson's had a a lot of really good ones. Yeah, we
2: well, we mentioned a yeah. bunch of them already tonight. Yeah, uh, with John and and uh, and Todd mm. and you know there's yeah Tyler Tyler back. Yep. Um, yeah. So it'll be fun. Well, we'll see what comes up. If anyone has suggestions, leave a comment and uh, we will definitely take it under consideration. But uh, it's always fun to have a discussion topic like this in the off season, but, you know, it's April 24th, um, you know, four months. We're almost four months away from the first game. and uh, might be sound, you know, unrealistic or tough to believe, but, you know, I think it's four months from tomorrow or something like that. <laughs> so, he's he's playing
0: right. it off like he doesn't know. Yeah. He, he <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs>
2: well, I always know in mid, mid-May, it's always 100 days till kickoff, mm-hmm. so... Uh, mid mid to end of May, like the May, like around May twentieth or so, is usually a hundred days. So I know it's right around the corner. Yeah. Um, but, well, we thank you guys for joining us, Paul and Jamie. Yeah, this you. was fun. Any any final words on our running backs tonight?
1: I think we we covered it all. But thanks for having me, and I always appreciate you guys uh, supporting. You know what I've been doing with my website and my sponsors there, and all the retweets and all that that stuff. So uh, it doesn't go unnoticed, and uh, I I enjoy these type of shows. So it was fun. Yeah, I've uh,
0: loved I've loved seeing some of the baseball content the last couple of weeks. It's
2: been great. Yeah. Yep. I I said to Justin before you got here. I was like, now could we? Paul gave us, like, lines on who's going to be the number one running <laughs> back. Like, this guy's got <laughs> these odds. And I was like, no, they probably doesn't talk about gambling on a show about college or high school. I needed one the...
1: more rebound from Bam Adebayo today, uh, <laughs> by the way. I'm not a happy camper oh, right now. No. He only got eight, and I had him at eight and a half. So, Tough. Yeah.
3: Tough. Well, Jamie, appreciate it. Yeah, it's great being here. I appreciate you having me on the show, and – uh Go Bulldogs this year.
2: Yeah, well, we're looking forward to watching uh, the 2022 version of the Wilson football team, and we'll keep everyone up to date on the happenings of the team as we hear it or as we see it and as we're allowed to talk about it, um, as the case may be uh, far too often. And, uh, yeah, Justin, anything else from no, you? Any Anything? Final words about our running backs or anything else? It
0: was fun. I'm glad to have that like anxious burden off my chest of just saying who my top five are. I'm ready for the backlash now. That's fine. Like I can <laughs> yeah, deal with that part, but oh my gosh. I know Joey will not be surprised that I was anxious about this one.
2: <laughs> no, not at all. But I mean, people were starting to make me nervous commenting immediately after posting and, and texts and just like, hey, it's a tough one. Are you guys up to it? I think I think we did it. I think we did it justice. I think we covered it well. And and if not, let us know. Leave us a comment, and we'll read (laughs) them the next time for sure. That'll be fun. All right, for uh, Paul, Jamie, Justin, I'm Joe Mays. This was the Bulldog Hour. And until next time, remember, go Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs.
1: Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.